The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 10th, 2017, season 13, episode number 54. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got breaking, breaking, breaking news for you guys. Uh, Actually, if you listen to The Break regularly, (laughs) you actually probably knew that this could be a possibility or maybe it was coming because we've been talking about this for the last couple days, Uh, but... Uh, we've we've now started to hear reports and uh, suggestions that the Cowboys are actually going to make a move on Nolan Carroll. Dave, you've been on top of the story since it started breaking. What are we hearing? Yeah, it's not. I mean, we've got our own ways of getting information around here. It's not yeah. just going off reports and other people's news. So we've confirmed it. We, we have, good. We have. Well, he is not officially not a member of the Cowboys anymore, but he will be. He is going to be released. Um, biggest free agent signing of 2017. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because yeah, and and I I defended Nolan Carroll more than most. I don't think he was as I said more than most. No, no, I, I was agreeing with that. I was just saying that I, I, he you shouldn't have. But I go ahead. I don't think he was as awful during training camp as he got a lot of credit for. I certainly don't think he had a great stint here. Um, he was he had a, a sizable contract compared to basically everybody else at the position. Uh, and he's been out for the better part of a month, and a rookie stepped up and kind of took his job away from him. So, Ali Pipton. Um, it's it's funny because I, I I didn't go back and listen to it, but I think what I remember talking about yesterday was it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to cut Nolan Carroll. But you know, with Cheeto Wuzier's hamstring and just the nature of having so many young guys, maybe you still want to keep a veteran around, but. I guess you kind of look at it and say, well, he wasn't super good last time he played, and he's making a lot of money, and these young guys are playing pretty well, so let's just go ahead and move across this bridge because that's what he was anyway, a bridge player. So, What do you think that means about Cheeto, though? Uh, I know, you, And I, I agree yeah. with your point yesterday that until he was completely healthy, why lose a, a veteran well, body? Even even as bad as I thought he'd play, so, why lose a veteran body? And we were joking about this the other day about how me and Nick are the type of sickos who are thinking about this stuff all day, every day. So I I saw this morning, oh, I saw this morning that he's gonna probably gonna be cut, and I'm walking my dog and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, how do these numbers make sense? And I came to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter because uh, even without Carroll, you still have five true cornerbacks. Uh, you got Skandrick, you got Brown, you got Lewis, you got Cheeto, and you have Ben Aben Wickery. Um, Cheeto's hamstring is obviously a problem, but for the time being, you also know that Xavier Woods can play nickelback. So, and and then you know you have a roster spot, which for all we know you could use on cornerback, or you could find a way to bring another cornerback to the team if you really wanted to. But they have enough corners to play a game, even if Cheeto's not healthy. Uh, and then when he presumably does get help, healthy, hopefully after the bye week, then you have plenty of bodies. So. When, when you think about that, Nick, uh, with Benet Benuikiri, assume I mean, obviously, Benet is going to be on this team. Carroll is not. And you're not really saving money. You're actually – you still have four – I mean, there's a $4 million guarantee, I think, on the on he's gonna count. He's going to count $2 million toward the cap next year. Right. So you, you're basically paying him to walk away 
What does that really say about kind of how the Cowboys feel about him as a player? Well, it, it means that he wasn't going to help them at, at any point. They didn't feel like he was good enough to, to have in the building. So, um, you know, and, and maybe there's more to it that, the, that we don't know. Maybe there's more to this uh, in, in the DWI that something's going to come down at, at some point there. But I think they're just going to completely wash their hands of him and say, well, you know, I mean, you gave you plenty of opportunities to do things on the field. You didn't do it. Uh, he got hurt. They had to make sure he was 100% healthy before he came back. And then they, they're just, he's not good enough to be on this football team. I mean, he's probably better than, than Ben Wickery, but at the, at, at the price and everything, I think they just want to send a message. And, and that's, this is the time to send messages. You think about it too, Nolan Carroll. And that's, I never had a problem with the signing. And, and don't get, there are Cowboy fans out there right now who are saying, I've been saying this since March. This guy's a bum. I told him the day they signed him, he's a bum. Uh, but they signed him two months before they drafted any of these cornerbacks. That's the way this works is if you're going to let Brandon Carr and Morris Claiborne go, you got to make sure you have a competent cornerback who can play for you if the draft doesn't work out or if your draft pick tears his ACL or whatever. Uh, so you you do your due diligence, you give yourself some insurance in March, and then you address the position in the draft, and hopefully your draft picks are good enough to make him irrelevant, and that appears to be what they feel about the situation right now. And your expectation, or at least their expectation, probably was that it was going to take a little longer. That bridge was going to be necessary for a little longer because it may take those rookies a little longer to be ready to play at, at that level. And it seems like Jordan Lewis may have already shown them that he's but good enough to play at that level. You talked about the necessity of having a veteran guy. To me, that doesn't mean anything, at least with Nolan Carroll. Right. Being veteran means absolutely nothing because he hasn't given us that. So let's give it to Jordan Lewis and these rookie guys, and we'll just see if they can manage with what they got right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point because it's one thing for a veteran to have a veteran. It's another thing if that veteran isn't playing very well because then you're you're kind of you might as well take the young guy and, and grow with him let him make the mistakes he's going to make as a part of maturing and getting better it makes you wonder you know if if either of those guys or both of those guys preferably had been healthy during training camp if nolan carroll's not a cut down day cut yeah. like cedric thornton was yeah um so but obviously they weren't and so but what it took a month for them to feel good enough about their young guys that they didn't need them anymore I guess when you still think about it overall, though, do you think it was a bad decision for them to sign him? Because they did still guarantee him. Uh, it's not a ton of money, but it's a, oh. it's a significant amount of money from That's, the standpoint of just. No, it's not. It's of course, more, it's a four million dollar guarantee for a guy that played two games. Of course, a it's a, it was a bad decision. Anytime you sign a guy and he you can't even make it through, you know, week five or you know week six of the season. I mean, yeah, it was a bad decision. They they didn't, especially with with the guys that they they let go. Um, but I, I was, I mean, I wasn't one that was like, oh my God, this is a horrible move. So, I mean, I can't sit here and say that that's the, that's the epitome of hindsight. Like I said, but it was a bad decision, right? It, it has to be a bad, it, decision. No, it's a, it was a good decision that didn't pan out. That doesn't make it a bad decision. How was it a good decision? Because you, again, what I just said, you need to address the position. No, 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 no. What I say, what you can address the position, but there were a lot of free agents out there, including the guys that you let walk out of the door. Brandon so if, Carr, if you brought him, if you brought him in, if you brought him in, and he could only make it five games, and then you made the decision 
that for whatever reason you're going to continue to pay him, but you want him to leave. Brandon that Carr, has to be a bad decision. Brandon Carr is making double what you're paying. Not in guarantees. Carroll. Not in guarantees. No, it's all play. it's all player incentives. He's gonna, right, exactly. He's, well, so that's the point. So if he plays well, you're happy to pay him that amount of money, right? It wasn't in guarantees. There wasn't a big difference in guarantees between these two contracts. They didn't want Brandon Carr. Okay, okay. but that's part of the decision, right? The decision that they made was that they'd opt for Carroll. And when they opted for Carroll, they ended up with a guy that made it five games and only played two, and then they paid him to walk away. You have to address the position at some point or another. Otherwise, Absolutely. But but again, when you sign a player, it's a gamble. It's not necessarily. Right, it's that's gamble. where you make a good decision or bad decision. I, I there's good picks, bad picks. Right. I mean, yeah. This it's, is there's nothing. It's, Will McClay and, and these and these guys have been great in free agency, and so we're not knocking that. This was a bad decision. I guarantee he'll come right in here and tell you, yeah, we messed up that one. Yeah. Because you you talk about double what Brandon Carr. He's going to play triple the games. He's definitely going to have double the interceptions and all that. I mean, there's no way that they, they thought. You know what? Just get, let him play four or five games, and then we cut him. I don't look at it as a bad decision because I don't look at him as a guy that they ever wanted to be around. But you have to pay somebody to play the position. And this yeah, is so I mean, funny. This is like ironic. This is like a, the flip from the game. Like I look at it like it wasn't a bad decision to go score. You have to score. You have to address the points, and so you go and you score, and you have to score, and you can't worry about it. So it wasn't, you know. And it's just funny how it's like it's. Like our, I I see what you're trying to say there. Yeah. No, I mean. It, no, but it, I do. It's like it's just the way we we look at things. Like I don't I don't fault Garrett and them for doing that, and you you did, and I don't. You're, really, it's, and it's you're faulting. It's very similar. You're right because you have to sign a player. Right. You have to pay that player, especially right, at a position who you like, pl- who you sign is where I'm saying is that was that a. Bad I decision? want you to come back in here with a list of dudes that were available <laughs> I, and affordable. That Brandon Carr. Added. I've been Brandon saying. Carr. I've been saying forever. <laughs> Brandon Carr is the guy they should have kept, and and right. that's where I think the decision was a poor decision. Wait, you know, hold I don't on. know how calculated all of our decisions are. <laughs> um, God, Garrett Kent's always so ready with the player drops. What? A, now I, I I'll sit right here and say I I didn't think that there was much of a difference between. Uh, Carol and Carr. Honestly, so, I didn't know. I had not. Say, well, here's the deal. I didn't know. Say, like other people sit and go. No, I didn't know what I didn't know what Nolan Carroll was. That's wrong. Because I hadn't watched a whole lot of Nolan Carroll. I did see it. Des abuse him, but I didn't know what he was. And I asked Brian as soon as they signed. I was like, "Is this what do you think?" And he was like, eh, "Comfortable I've never guy." Never seen Des abuse him. I, he, that well, that's not that. He one, had a good game. He had one, a good, Des had a good game against him. He's thinking about Bradley Fletcher, right? Bradley who? Bradley Fletcher. Fletcher, right? That no, that last game that the Cowboys played when Des the last game Des played a lot uh-huh. versus Nolan Carroll did he not have I, a few touch I thought it was maybe. a couple touchdowns. My main to my main thing of Nolan Carroll is that he's the guy that Terrence abused on Romo's last ever touchdown. Mm. That's that was up. Nolan Carroll. Well, but I guess the point I'm making is I didn't know what to expect from Nolan Carroll. What I did know is when it came to Brandon Carr, he was a reliable cornerback. Didn't miss games, and I never thought he was as bad as a lot of people thought he was. I thought he was a right. good, solid cornerback. And for me, a good, solid cornerback, when you're trying to revamp the position, was what you needed. You needed that kind of guy to be kind of your glue guy and be your bridge guy until those young guys could step up. I wish I had had time to research this. I, I know Nolan or Brandon Carr's contract was very incentive based. I know that. But I think his guarantees. I want to say was it wasn't a lot more. I want to say six or seven million. I get, Six or seven million in guarantees. Carroll had four. That's less. 
You were the ones just saying four million is not significant. So two million is now significant. So you're letting you're you're letting go of the guy. You're you're, you're still paying him less. And for the record, letting a guy but he's walk, also going to play a ton a, more. Letting a guy walk over four million is not a big deal in the world of the NFL. As far but two as million dollar difference for a guy that's going to be here is a big. I'm deal. just so they went bargain hunting and it didn't work out. That's what they did. Right. It didn't work out because it was not the right guy. Doesn't make it a bad decision. It makes it. It's a necessary decision. And honestly. In necessary was them having to sign a cornerback. Yeah. Necessary they is not to having pay. to sign Nolan Carroll. I want Brandon Carr. It has to be Brandon Carr. Like, that's ridiculous. That's not that's what not I'm saying. No, no. What I'm saying is saying you that, there, that if you're not going to, if you're going to make a decision between those two, Brandon Carr was the better decision. That's what I'm saying. Brandon Carr might look equally butt in this defense with no other help around him. I mean, he's public enemy number one among Cowboys. I don't care about public. I don't care about what fans think about him. What I said was I didn't think he was a bad cornerback. I thought he was a solid cornerback that was reliable. This is just the epitome of rearview mirror stuff right here. That's all. Right, but all all we're saying is is that it was I mean, you can chalk it up as a bad decision. There's no way Jerry's about to sign this like, "Okay, we're doing this." And then like, "Are you sure?" And like He's only going to play like two games. He's going to have a really bad training camp. He's also going to get arrested for DWI. That's fine. Good decision. We got it. <laughs> We're good. Great decision. Because we got to address the position. I see your point, but that's that's just your way of saying let's move on. No, the last two minutes he's argued just for the sake of arguing. He saw it back when you made the analogy. He no, was like, I still. Okay, I see. I. This is probably not a, a fruitful. I, no, he, he's just. I, I, I think what you're saying is, is okay, yeah, whatever, but move on. Like it, it's not going to kill this team. I no, absolutely. There's, there's that, and much then, bigger problems, of course. And I just, I, I get your point. And in light, I mean, okay, bad decision, but <laughs> yeah, no, I still making history, is making made. history here. <laughs> I still made. no, I still can't even go all the way there. I still can't. It's. It's a it's a decision that had to be made that didn't work out, and I think that's different. That's the definition of a bad decision. I, I, I think, think. I, I think have think a feeling different. though that had the Cowboys signed Brandon Carr, we would be talking about them not getting some other guy instead. I don't think so. I don't think Brandon Carr would be the problem right now, I, and that's he wouldn't be the main problem because but guess I'm what? I'm pretty sure people would not be happy with that decision either. We would still be talking about it. But- Right now, Here's right now. Can, can I say this? Uh, and I don't know about Nolan Carroll in the meeting rooms. You said that we didn't really see a veteran. You know, we didn't see the veteran type of player that you were signing. I don't know about the meeting rooms and, and how he groomed those guys along. But I know Brandon Carr is a leader. He is a, oh, yeah. he, he, he's yeah. a veteran player like that. So you would get that. I can't speak for, for Nolan Carroll. But I, I know off the field he wasn't setting a good example. You know, he said all the right things after he was arrested, and, and, and he talked about it at training camp and that, but still happened. And, you know, and, and I don't know if that was a major deal in this whole deal. I don't know if he'll ever be suspended or, or yeah. I won't crucify him too much over that because I'm, you know, I'm big on the idea that, you know, if sometimes mistakes happen and people do things and later they're like, man, I, that's not even in my character. I did it. It was that's a bad decision. And, and now I have to live with that and I deal with the consequences. So I'm not crucifying him so much for that. I'm more talking about what he did on the field, and and on the field, I just didn't think he was that great. He wasn't. I got you know. I'll re, I'll try to rephrase this. I'm trying to dig myself <laughs> out of here, but I'll give you some time to dig yourself out. The nice thing about the way the Cowboys handle free agency the last few years is, okay, maybe it's a, it's a bad call. Clearly, it's a bad call. The guy's not on the team anymore, but it doesn't matter. 
It's, it's, it was a very affordable, smart signing. They signed him so that they would have bodies if it didn't pan out for them in the draft. That's why, you know, they didn't. It's not like non, Namdi Asimov where you give him a $50 million <laughs> contract and then he puts up that performance. Right. Or love him as much as I do, giving Brandon Carr $50 million and getting three career interceptions out of it or whatever he finished with during his time here. And that's, you know, as much as people want to see them go big game hunting in free agency, that's a great benefit to doing it is that you're not making or breaking your roster with these decisions. Yeah. And, and I agree why, with that. And that's why I'm reluctant to kill them over this because it's like, all right, great. Like, you you tried to find a bargain and it didn't work out. You got some draft picks. You're fine. Yeah, and let's be honest. I'm not killing them over this. I'm just saying that I think in, in, in hindsight, I think it's played out uh, in a way to where they at least have to acknowledge the fact that maybe in looking at this player, maybe they should have kept – and maybe it's not Brandon Carr. Maybe they should have kept – I don't know. Maybe they should have kept Mo Claiborne. I don't think so. But I think maybe they should have considered the fact that keeping some continuity would have been a better option than going out and getting a guy that you didn't really know as well and then you get him in here and realize in two games he's not the right answer. Let's continue to pay him, but let's get him out of the building. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break when we come that back. That was intense. You're intense. As Amber. every show is. <laughs> Here on the break, we're going to take uh, the, the break, but on the second half of the show, I, we want to talk a little bit about an article that Dave wrote yesterday. Uh, it's a really good article. He talked about, he laid out five different factors that will be affecting the Cowboys after the bye. We're going to go through some of those and talk about how much we think they will, really will affect this team uh, down the stretch. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag troop thanks. That's hashtag troop thanks. And by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice little Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Crave Rider. You like the wave of Dr. Pepper when you crave a Dr. Pepper. Crave Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice-cold 20-ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. 
I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. You all right, Nick? (laughs) Yep. Oh, all right. Good. Um, Let's jump in. Uh, Dave, you wrote a really, really good article yesterday. Thanks, Derek. Um, And it was detailing the five factors affecting the Cowboys after the bye. And actually, uh, Nick, you mentioned to me in the break um, that you guys are actually playing this a three-part series. There will be a second part today that Rob will write uh, talking about the five players uh, who should be playing more, getting more opportunities in the second part of the season um, after the bye. And then, Nick, on Friday you're going to finish it. I'm sorry, Thursday you're going to finish it off uh, with uh, uh, five pivotal plays uh, from the first five games of the season, the five pivotal plays, most pivotal I mean, plays. If they matter, you know, if it even matters to look back. But I think, you know, it's, I, doubt it. I don't know that Amber cares very much, but hey, we'll, right. see, we'll see if it turns out to be something that fans care about. Uh, Dave, but tell, tell us about this article. And I guess let's, let's dive in, I guess, let's say that. Um, the first one, the first point that you made uh, was the Zeke situation, was what you called it. That would be the first factor. Tell me why that is so important and tell me kind of what fans should be expecting in this situation. Well, I mean, as far as we understand it, by the time the Cowboys begin really preparing for their next opponent, uh, we will have as much clarity as we can probably hope to have about uh, what's going on with Zeke and his discipline. The the U.S. Fifth Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is supposed to rule on the NFL's request for a stay of his injunction. So basically... Zeke has a temporary restraining order that has let him play this entire season. The NFL is arguing that that causes them irreparable harm. Uh, In other words, they can't take it back. Wait, what do you mean? In other words, the league is saying that there's harm being done. Right. That they can't get back. They can't recoup this. Right. Just making sure fans understand all the legal issues. They're arguing that it hurts their brand and their image and their everything for him to be playing games. I get that. I know what you're doing. After they suspended him. I don't, I'm just trying to fight through here. I know. I don't. Um, I don't know what he's going after either. But. You're just letting your wife know you do pay attention when she no, tells I'm, you stuff at home. She doesn't. We don't talk about legal stuff. Oh, okay. Unless Zeke is in court and Derek's like, "Tell me everything." <laughs> um, Sorry, we go. got more important. I'll shut up. Discuss. So uh, it's a this this court. It's not one judge like it was up in Sherman, Texas, a month ago. It's three judges. Uh, they they already heard arguments. Honestly, I expect a ruling any day. I mean, it, it's supposed to happen this week. Uh, they're either going to rule in favor of the NFL and Zeke will start serving his suspension, and I'm sure there's some sort of recourse he can follow that'll allow him to try to get back on the field. But I mean, he could conceivably not be able to play against San Francisco or. The court rules in Zeke's favor, and he's able to play as long as this is going through the legal system, which, you know, I don't want to speak too concretely, but it, if they rule in his favor, it's a good bet he'll be available for the rest of the year. Um, so you're going to find out this week whether you've probably got Zeke through December or whether he has to start serving his suspension. I mean, that that ruling should come down like I mean it could happen right now. Oh, but are we certain on the timetable? I know no. we could happen right now. No, I, I assume it could happen two weeks from now, right? 
all like the court when they heard arguments the court said that they would get a ruling asap and i know i know that's yeah. a relative term <laughs> but you know you kind of talk to people and you you know the the rumors that's the sense the, yeah, yeah the sense the sense is that it's supposed to happen this week um and again when you're talking about keeping a player off the field or putting him on the field they probably want to have a ruling before you know he's starting to get ready for his next game especially since the Cowboys are not playing this week so I mean that's that's everything and I even I wrote in the story I know Zeke hasn't been great compared to what he was last year but he's still got 500 all-purpose yards he's still a big part of your offense he's still a dramatic upgrade over Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden so I mean, that's going to dictate a lot about your team and what, what happens with him. What are your opinions, Amber and, and Nick? Let's assume for a second that the Cowboys do lose Zeke Elliott, which I don't really expect to happen, but let's assume that for a second. How big a deal would that be for the Cowboys? I mean, it's huge. I I feel like they haven't been as su- successful in the running game, and that's with Zeke being out there. So I can't even imagine how it would be with – Alfred or Darren. He does have the longest run on the team so far. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I <laughs> mean, throw that in there. I mean, very different. I'm sure they can still get the job done, but no, nowhere near to what Zeke can do or has done. So it, it will definitely affect them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they can't. I, I think he's the best player on the team. I, I still believe that, I, and he's the only player on from the skill position that I think really scares people. So, not having him out there, uh, it, it's gonna it would be tough. But I think defenses would adjust uh, and and play things a little bit differently, and might open some things up in other areas. But I think consistently they wouldn't move the ball as well. I mean, I think M- Morris and McFadden would would do some nice things, and I think the passing game would kind of get going, but they they wouldn't be able to grind out as many yards. That's actually an interesting point when you say it would open things up a little bit more because I do wonder if well, – I, mean, I wonder Zeke's if it actually going, would open up the running game. Yeah, Zeke's not going back for 75 off. yards like, like Alfred Morris right. did. Like, he wouldn't have that same look. Right. You know, so that – and. That that right there would, would just gives you an example that you know you could probably gash him a little bit more, but they would they would probably try to take away more passing games. Yeah, and teams may think, hey, we'll give you three four yards on the ground here and there regularly, mm-hmm. but we don't think you can move the ball consistently down the field on a long drive doing that, or be able to hit us because we're going to have more people back on the back end. You won't be able to hit us for a big play, and so that may actually stifle your offense. Right. As, as weird as that may sound. All right, Dave, let's move on to uh, point number two that you made. You said Sean Lee's hamstring uh, was the second factor. Tell me about that. Well, as anybody who watches the Cowboys is probably aware, Sean Lee's been out for the last two weeks, and it hasn't looked pretty out there. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, I actually, you know, I, I took a, a deeper look at the stats while I was writing that. I'm giving up 118 yards on the ground this year as a defense. I know That's not shocking to anybody that's watched him, but it's – that's a 30, 40 yard difference from what they were doing last year. Is and there I, a noticeable, noticeable difference statistically from when Sean's in versus when he's not? Honestly, and, and I pointed that out too. You can't look at Sean Lee as a cure all because he was right there and healthy in Denver. Denver, yeah. And they, were, they got mauled. Uh, CJ Anderson looked like Walter Payton. But he is an all, he, I, he's one of eight all pros on your team. He is the only one that plays defense. He is far and away your best defender. He is capable 
of completely taking over a game from a defensive standpoint like he did in New York last year. I mean, he's a 15, 20, 25 tackle kind of guy. He's second on the team in tackles despite not having played the last two weeks. That says a lot. Yeah. Um, So, you know, no, he's not a cure-all. He's not going to make this defense elite, but I do think he can help in the running game. I do think he helps people know where they're supposed to be. He's a tackle for lost machine. I mean, he's he's stopped so many plays in the backfield uh, that could have been three, four, five, six yard gains, um, and he is yet to have a chance to play alongside Anthony Hitchens in a real game this year. Which, again, you know, they're not uh, they're not the dome patrol. They're not. It's not going to be elite. But <laughs> for those of you who don't know who the dome patrol are, and I hope people know who the dome patrol. I, I don't. I won't take that for granted. Yeah. That's that's the New Orleans Saints defense from the seven late let's the seventies eighties 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 it was the only thing the New Orleans Saints had to be proud of until <laughs> Other Sean than Payton, Archie Manning right which I mean they were proud of Archie Manning proud of but not but he right he never successful. won anything for him yeah. but he they were proud of anyway uh, that I mean that is your preferred linebacker combo I do think that makes a, a big difference if they can both out be out there playing you combine that with uh, the other elements of your defense again. Not trying to sell anybody on them magically becoming the Seahawks, but I think <laughs> it makes a world of difference. And I think he's got this week off. He'll have next week to continue his rehab. By the time October 22nd rolls around and they're playing against the 49ers, it'll have been 27, 28 days since he hurt the hamstring. So uh, I'm very optimistic that that he'll be able to go, and, and I think that can at least help the defense take a step in the right direction. Knowing how tricky hamstrings are, and I'll throw this to Amber and Nick, knowing how tricky hamstrings are, and, and they don't always respond you know, on a timetable that you think is, is appropriate, let's assume for a second the worst-case scenario that he's not ready to play. How big of a deal is that for this defense? Again, knowing that they got Hitchens back, and, and he is one of their better two linebackers, do you think that that's enough – for them to be able to get back on track and be able to stop the run and be able to do the things they need to do uh, defending the pass game. Well, yeah, I think that if he's not ready for this game, then, you know, it, it's a, there probably was some kind of setback then I would imagine. I mean, he, he even said himself, this wasn't one of the worst ones he's ever had. They had two weeks. Now this will be, it would be a four week hamstring injury. I, I have a hard time thinking he would, you know, He's and that's it. obviously it, it sucks that they lost to Green Bay, but a silver lining is put putting him down for that game gave gives him an extra week. And I mean, Jerry Jones said on Sunday night that that he very much expects him to be ready to go. And I so I, I expect it as well. All right. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the next one. Offensive lineman on Amber. Oh, I'm sorry, Amber. Did oh, you I'm have sorry, something? Amber. She had to look like she was kind of like, I'm good. I mean, I, I can talk about something if what you guys it? care. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One, I don't know if three weeks will be enough or not. I guess we'll find out. Two, if he comes back, I wonder how good he will be and what a difference he will make. It's definitely noticeable when he's not out there, but at the same time, based on what we've seen from him so far, when he has been out on the field, it hasn't been he his usual him, has he? Himself. Huh? Right. I mean, Denver game, he wasn't that good. Obviously not. Yeah. But Nobody it, was. And it's hard to judge based on that game because, again, everyone was horrible. But even then, it, I wonder at what level he's really at, and especially coming off an injury. 
So we'll see. I, there's no telling. Really. You know, y'all see the stat. This just goes to show how much he's missed. The Cowboys have they scored 30 points and had 400 total yards in the last two games and lost them both. Only two other times in the NFL this year has that happened. Where right. Somebody has, has scored 30, had 400 uh, total yards, lost. So there's it, Saints. four instances where that happened this year, and two of them belong to the Cowboys. At home. Back-to-back. Back. I mean, that's the, they're doing what they need to do on offense, obviously, and it's just not getting done defensively. And I think, you know, and it's not like they're they're getting blown out either. I mean, Sean, Lee, Sean Lee's probably good enough for one or two third-down stops to get off the field, especially when, when there's a 14-play drive or something like that. So. Yeah, but Notice, is he going to dramatically change? But see, that's defense? the point. I don't think you need this. Isn't doesn't need a dramatic change. You don't if, need yeah. dramatic. If they need one or two stops here, you know they win those two games. Yeah. Now they're sitting at four and one, and you're you know. I mean, I I think I said this either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not saying definitely, but I can imagine Sean Lee stopping that fourth down play, the Green Bay, you know, the the toss. Oh yeah, I can see him sniffing that out and stopping it, and that changes the whole complexion of the second half. It's that. Like I said, he won't make the defense elite, and he doesn't need to. This defense hasn't been elite the whole time I've covered the Cowboys, but they've put together some pretty good seasons by being average to above average and letting the offense carry the rest of the show. Right, and that's all you need from him is just to get them back to that average stand. Um, let's move on to the next one, Dave. You said the offensive lineman on, on offensive line on deck. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean that if you're gonna, if this offensive line is going to get better and you're gonna, you know, find the running game, so to speak, and continue to get better as an offense, uh, I think, I mean, everything starts with the offensive line, everything starts up front and, you know, with a week off, I feel good that your whole offensive line will be available to be part of that because kind of some choppy water there these last two weeks, but first you have Chaz go out, uh, with his hip. And so you've got Jonathan Cooper coming in there. And then last week, you got Tyron Smith. And anytime he shows up on the injury report, it's troublesome, in my opinion. Um, but he got through that whole game. He didn't seem any worse for wear. He seemed fine after the game was over. Um, and he's got another week to rest and kind of you know manage his back the way that he probably knows how now, given that this has been a thing for him for two years. Um, and I just think it's really important whether – you know, if, if Tyron Smith goes down, then you're probably asking Byron Bell or maybe Chaz Green to play left tackle. Uh, you, you're getting Cooper in there. Um, it just shuffles. I think it shuffles the makeup of what you want your line to be. And if the line's going to be any better, I think that's a terrible idea. I think continuity and continued repetitions and work together is going to be the key for that. Um, so Tyron seems like he's good to go. Chaz. I don't know if he even got into that game yesterday or Sunday, excuse me. If he did, it wasn't a lot. So you feel good that he can get over this hip problem. So take your pick between him or Cooper one way or the other. But if the line's going to be, if the line's going to get better, they all need to be together getting reps together. And I think this bye week will give them a chance to, to get that way. Amber, assuming that, uh, that Chaz is completely healthy. Do you think there's a difference between he or Jonathan Cooper? Or is it just throw one of them out there? It doesn't matter. I don't think there's going to be a difference whatsoever. I mean, that's my feeling going it, it, this bye week. Yeah, it's going to help some of these guys to get back on track and health-wise. But again, the injuries that especially, let's say, Chas Green or Tyron Smith, those injuries are not a one-time injury type of thing, you know? So 
it's something they're going to keep dealing with throughout the course of time. So I don't expect anything being any different or much better than what we've already seen so far. Hopefully they can kind of regroup and rearrange some things, kind of get that dynamic and um, how do you call this when everyone's on the same track, like the same pace? Chemistry. How do you call it? Chemistry. Their chemistry. Dynamic was Dynamic. a good word. Was well, there you go. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, just hoping this time can serve more as a group overall to get back on track and everyone be on the same pace. Pace, But health-wise and productivity-wise, I don't expect it to be much better. Okay. I, I hate to admit this, but uh, I wonder if Chaz Green spooked the coaching staff with that thing with his hip. What do you mean by that? I mean... They got him ready. He hurt his hip. He missed practice on Friday. He was active for the game against the Rams. Did not start. Practice fully all week leading up to the Packers. I mean, he's, he won the guard competition, and then Cooper starts again against the uh, Packers. And I just wonder, you know, you guys, you, you can't count on him, and he's he continues to prove that as much as I don't want to admit it. And so what you're, what you're kind of asserting is that maybe he got – maybe the coaches were like – we can't trust him. You're just so like, all right, let's just go with Cooper. We feel this. more comfortable. Let's, let's go with the guy him. that'll be in there. You know. So if that's the case, do you expect that, that? I'm sorry, Nick. Do you expect that's going to be the case when he comes back? When they come back from this bye? I think Chaz is the better player, but you know, it, they ultimately make the decisions, and things things like that r- register. You yeah, know? but but it, what what it could be too is the fact that you know Tyron Smith missed missed some time last week. So did Lyle Collins, and and the guy yeah. that, that would kind of back him up is. Chaz Green at the tackle, and so he that, did take some reps at tackle. Last so that that might have been was like you know he didn't get as many guard reps last week because of those injuries. So he was kind of maybe the better swing tackle option. Which and goes back to my point, their odds of being better increase if everybody can just focus on what they need to be doing, and you don't have to worry about you know oh is Tyron going to have to come out of this game? Who's going to be our swing tackle? Blah 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 blah. Um, and I do. For whatever it's worth, Amber. Uh, I mean, I don't know that they'll reach the levels they've reached in prior seasons, but I, running games and offensive lines get better as the season goes along. With more practice, more reps, more familiarity. So, there were two more points that you hit, and in the, the effort, I mean, in order to make sure that we maximize our time, I'll just mention two of them, and one of them I really wanted to dive into a little bit more. But the first, the fourth one was impact plays on defense. I think we all kind of know what you're saying there and what's the expectation there. Uh, but the final one, you were talking about the upcoming schedule and looking at the teams that the Cowboys have to play here over the next – I look at the next four games. They are going to be at San Francisco, who's now 0-5. Then they go at Washington, who's 2-2. Two and two. They play Kansas City at home, who's 5-0. And, oh. and then they have Atlanta, who is 3-1, uh, and one, that they'll go to Atlanta to play them. What do you guys – if you're looking at those four teams and what you've seen so far from them and what you've seen so far from the Cowboys – what do you expect as the number of wins that they can get over the next four games? You have no love for Philly, or you just want to keep it at four? Well, I just wanted to say four because I kind of yeah. th- I like to break the league into yeah, four okay. games. You know that. Okay. But we can talk about Philly if you want to. I mean, I, I just didn't want to go too far. Sure. With no, it. I got you. Uh, but but what would you guys say if you're looking at those four games? What do you think is the likelihood? I mean, what what do you think as far as the number of wins you think the Cowboys can realistically get over those four games? I mean, that's why number one was number one because it, it all it all changes if Zeke's not part of your your equation. Though, let's say let's that assume he, he's let's he's say on the that team. He is, 
you know, I, I think I think three and one is something is, is what it needs to be. I mean, it has to be. If it's not three and one, then you're really in trouble. But it's going to be hard. I mean, to to do that. But I think they they, they will go beat San Francisco, and I think they will beat Washington on the road. For some reason, they they play really well there, and I think they will win that game. Um, and then they got to split those two 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 games against the uh, the Chiefs and Falcons. Okay, I can't hear myself. So <laughs> sorry, Amber. Right. At this point, I don't I don't even know anymore. Just because again, I've had my point of view since the beginning and it hasn't turned out the way I thought it would be. And I think everyone can agree on that. It just hasn't turned out how we expected the season would right. turn out as. But when you look at the game against the Rams, we expected them to win. Now, I believe they lost because of themselves, but at the same time, is a, a lot of the, these games, I have expected it to go one way for most of the part, most of the time, and it hasn't. So when you talk about some of these teams, I feel confident that they could beat them, but at this point, I, I just don't know. I can't fully trust them or, you know, I, I wouldn't point. say That's believe, yeah. I believe in them, but I just can't completely bet on them all my money that's why i'm splitting my money you know yeah <laughs> splitting my money. bet hedger <laughs> dave i mean i mean yeah, i don't know that it needs to be three and one that it you want it to be three and one if you think this team is going to accomplish its goals but again, i mean you know you get into this part of the season we're not quite halfway there but you have a decent sample size you sort of you start to readjust your your expectations or you know your your you have informed opinions now and so what two and two would put him at four and five through the halfway point of the year which you know right now anything's possible I guess but I mean I, th I said this yesterday does anybody based on what you've seen so far do you reasonably expect to see a winning streak of more than three games at any point this year based on the toughness of the schedule what you've seen from this team. That, that seems very unlikely that seems very unlikely to me too so two and two four and five and then sets you up for the second half of the season and I I mean this this sounds like a team that's it's going to be just like those Jason Garrett years where maybe you're eight and seven going into the last week of the year maybe you're nine and six nine and six at this point that would be phenomenal if you're nine and six heading into the season finale yeah. um so you know, San Francisco's 0-5. You'd like to think they can go and get that win. They've lost four of their five games by a combined 11 points. Three, two, three, and three, I think. So that's not a tough – that's not an easy out if, if their schedule's to be believed. Um, what gives this team insane problems? Elite quarterback play. Well, Alex Smith has taken over the league right now, and Kirk Cousins, I think, is – he's. I know people like to bag on him, but he's been lights out for – the better part of a year now. And then Matt Ryan's the reigning NFL MVP. So, And it's not just been elite quarterback play. Trevor's, Trevor Simeon is not a good Yeah, that's a great play. point. Like, it's a been great good point. quarterback play oh. and good receiver play, I think. That, oh, that don't, forget, don't, forget good, don't forget good running games where you've yeah. got Kareem Hunt and then Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman coming up. So, um, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. But I do agree with Nick. I think it ha if you if this is going to be a playoff team, they got to go three and one. Because if you're at four and five at that part of the season, then here's the problem. The problem is, let, ask, tell me what what's happening with Philadelphia. Tell me what's happening with Washington. Tell me what's happening with St. Louis. Because these are teams that uh, that will be that you would be fighting with in order to either win the division or get one of those wild card playoff spots. If those teams are playing well as well, 
that makes it very difficult to, to presume that a nine and seven you're going to get in the playoffs. At the risk of eating crow later, I I don't see a I don't see a team running away with this thing the way that the Cowboys did last year. You know, they were eleven and one at one. Although you weren't you the one to say it when you look at the it might have been Nick yesterday saying when you look at the Eagles' schedule, they don't have a tough schedule. Like they've already had a, a they've gotten the four and one off the backs of playing teams that weren't that aren't the elite teams in the league, and it doesn't look like they're going to have a whole lot of those teams left on their schedule so don't get don't get me wrong I I still you know I I'm basically what I'm trying to say is I don't look at them as a 13 and 3 14 and 2 team I'm you know 10 11 wins is what I would expect at the trajectory that they're on and you still have two games against them so yeah. you have a huge say in what that record turns out being uh which by the way through the next they still won't have played the Eagles by the halfway point of the season I know. so you know three and one would be phenomenal and probably needs to happen if you want to win the division. But I just see this team kind of treading water. Like I could see them sitting at four and five and then, you know, you need to get hot at some point and people will still be waiting for that to happen. Obviously if they're four and five, but yeah. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a dramatic finish. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get to a game that Amber has for us. We're going to do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and Nick, it's your turn. What you got to say? You know, the Cowboys have had some fumbles this year, trying to catch punts, pitching the ball back, lateral, throwing the ball. But when they're carrying the ball, they've actually done a good job with it. And, you know, the, the premise is the, really the same with, with Tommy John. You know, they, they say in football, high and tight. It's the same. It's really more of a low and tight thing. But, but you know, with the mind-blowing fabrics, that you have uh, with Tommy John is like you don't even feel them. And, and so make sure to go to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Tommy John, the official ball carrier of the Cowboys. High and tight. One time, and tight. Uh, one time Charlotte Jones Anderson led a tour past the studio like while I was about to start doing one of those reads, and I just – they make you a little bit uncomfortable. I just I didn't do it. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm passing. They'll uh they'll have to wait another day to hear this read today. Sorry. <laughs> For those that don't know, Charlotte Jones Anderson is ownership. Yes, that's Jerry's daughter. Yeah. And if you don't know, 
Now just making sure people. Ben, <laughs> w- welcome to Dallas Cowboy football. <laughs> All right, Amber, you got a game for us today. We're gonna play Would You Rather. Ah, coming off Tommy John, good. <laughs> let's All go. Right, let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's start with you, Derek. Mm. Yes. All right. Would you rather have a playmaking safety or someone else that can play at corner? Playmaking safety. I I believe in these corners. I think Jordan Lewis makes me believe in these corners. And I still haven't seen what Cheeto Bay can do. But just what I've seen from Jordan, what I've seen in limited opportunities in the slot from Xavier Woods, I feel good about the corners. I think safety is one of the biggest problems they got on this team. Do you guys agree? What if Cheeto is your playmaking safety? Maybe. I'd love to see. I'd love to see anybody back there. And Nick, this is not a new idea. Nick has. I've yeah, been trumpeting right. this for a while. Give me a center fielder. Like, just give me a guy that can control the back end that has the ability to get from sideline to sideline. That knows how to read a quarterback to be able to diagnose things early. Um, and it, there was a guy the other night. I was watching the the the, the Vikings play. Harrison. Uh, Harrison and, and Zendaya. They were both of them. Zendaya, they, but it was what's the guy's name? Zendejo or yeah, he was here. They were showing well. They were showing some some footage of him and showing kind of how he plays and how he diagnoses things and then makes a play on the ball. And I was like, yeah, that's what the Cowboys need. That guy that kind of sits what back. They need is, that because what they need here. is the guy that was here. I, look, I'm not saying him particularly. I'm just saying that kind of safety. Wow. The guy that sits back there, reads a quarterback, can jump it because he knows what he's looking at, and then can go and make a play on the ball. That's what they that. don't have right now. I thought that might be Byron, but I don't think so. I thought so, too. And I'm not saying he can't be that. I'm saying I haven't seen it yet. I meant to make this joke at the beginning of the show. Now that Nolan Carroll's gone, I mean, public enemy number one's off the team. So it's got to be Jeff Heath and then probably Byron Jones after him. Probably. So, sorry, guys. (laughs) All right, Nick. Would you rather move Lyle Collins back to guard or leave him at tackle? At tackle. I'm not moving him to guard. I I don't know if he was that great at guard. You when he, when he was a rookie. Guard. I know he was a rookie, but I, I think tackles his spot. He's going to be fine there. Tackle. Okay. Yeah, he's been right. – I mean, again, he's – yeah, there have been some growing pains, but I think overall solid, and the only way for him to get better is to stay there. I just think that's his body type. I, I think his body type is to play tackle. I don't need this. Okay. Mr. Draft Guy, <laughs> would you rather have drafted another first-round pick instead of tackle Charlton or – you're good with that decision and still hopeful that he will keep developing into something great. Can it be both? Like, do I, I mean, I, I have to choose actually that's, that's a great, that's a great teaser, Amber. Cause um, we've, we taped an episode of the draft show yesterday where we spent probably 20 minutes on that. Um, Taco, I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. He hasn't been good. Um, you know, you draft these guys for four or five years, though, not four or five games. So it's way too early to close the book on what he can be. But I said this on the draft show, you know, yesterday, which will air tomorrow. It's kind of weird. But, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, right now, it's hard for me to argue that T.J. Watt might have been a better choice. I mean, he was taken two picks later. He has 18 tackles, three sacks, two uh, pass breakups, and an interception. He did a lot of yeah, that. Most that happened in week one. He did a lot of that against the Cleveland Browns, but he has 18 tackles, which is an average of three yeah. or four a game. Taco has two, uh, so he's getting like two per game. No, two. He's getting involved, which is more than Taco can say. However, and I'll say the same thing. You know, it's way too cl- soon to close a book on him. It's way too soon to consider it a bad pick. What I would like is if the coaching staff would stop trying to 
just make they they want him to be a right end so bad. What just do anything to let him help. Play him at left end. Play him at tackle. And, I mean, he's a versatile dude. You we think saw, that would be a significant difference in the result? Only one way to find out. He sure as heck isn't contributing much trying to play right end right now. Um, so it no, it it's it, it's not good right now, but it, it's too early for You're me. You're still to, hopeful. It's too early for me to completely pull the plug. Okay, Derek, would you rather have Bryce Butler as, as your number two wide receiver or just keep Terrence there and keep he, giving him opportunities? Um, This is all just in name only because the way the Cowboys do with their wide receivers, yeah. they're really, you know, kind of they move them all around. Um, But just in name only, I think I might be ready to say that that Bryce is the second guy. But as I said yesterday, the problem is, that Bryce is is very similar to Terrence from a standpoint of the knock on both of them is their inconsistency. The knock on both of them is that at moments they will flash something really great and do something really outstanding, and then the next moment they just drop a ball that's important that they have a chance that they should be able to catch, and they drop it. You know, so yes, you can you can say that Bryce has had a, some big plays for them on the last couple of games. So for at this exact moment, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's probably playing better between the two of them. But that doesn't mean that that could flip next game and over the next two or three games, Terrence is the guy that makes some plays and Bryce has some moments that you're like, what are you doing? So, mm-hmm. yes, for right now, I'll take Bryce as my yeah. next. Do, do you guy. think that Bryce would be okay if they just kept it as, as is? You think he's going to I don't it? think it really matters, honestly. Right. I mean, but do you we think saw if, there were moments last game when Bryce was on the field and Terrence wasn't. So Right. Do you think, though, if they actually made that change, though, and moved Terrence away from being a starting receiver, do you think he'd handle it? well no <laughs> probably not. that's my point let's just leave it as is so don't you don't want to make him mad is that it he would go not mad I, that's not the word he wouldn't be mad he would be like despondent he would go in the tank yeah i i, I just think i for that reason alone i'm sorry that i would just because because like that's you said you it doesn't really matter they, they they both play anyway. yeah well it's not like the team would do that like the team doesn't say you're our number two guy. You're our number one guy. So it's not like they, they run out would. of the tunnel still. They no, well, but yes, I get your point. But I mean, if if they were to really promote Bryce into that, he would be on the field way more often. Right. It would be parents. more. It would be. I don't think they would ever say he's our number two guy. It would just be he would get more playing time well, over the course. Somebody of Somebody runs game, through right? the fire. That's true. I think Terrence would Terrence would recognize what was happening if he was way. getting less plays. I. I I'm the starting receiver. I'm supposed to be on the field. We're in, right. it's 11 person. Now. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, so he wouldn't like coach. that. What's that? Would he block his coach? Probably. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, Nick, would you rather start. keep Jalen Smith playing as much as you can? Or? Or. <laughs> or. What's the other option? The obvious <laughs> other <laughs> option. <laughs> the, <laughs> or what's what's the, just go ahead no it's not about <laughs> you it's just like I, there's got to be another option there i mean i i've said it several times i think he's just not ready he's not ready to play i wish he was because it would be it would even be even better of a story than it is and it's going to be a good story i'm not when it's all I, said and done it will be a great lost story. faith i just yeah. it's it's unfortunate and i think the cowboys could have done a better job of give of of adding a little bit more depth to the linebacker position there to kind of help and make sure that that doesn't happen. Um you weren't a big fan of the Durant signing, were you? It doesn't sound like it, I should say. Um no, I mean I I was okay. I didn't I didn't expect him to do a whole lot. I was a fan of the Durant signing when I thought that he wouldn't have to do much cuz he would he, you're thinking of him as the fourth linebacker in an ideal scenario. 
or maybe even the fifth when you think about Damian Wilson. But it hasn't. He's kind of gotten lost in this. I ex- expected Damian Wilson to step up and be more a part of the mix this year. Yeah. I, it just hasn't happened. He's he's the Sam, and whether I mean you would like. In my mind, you would think he could play some will. And not only that, you think he could play some 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 uh, nickel. Like that's where I expected right, yeah. he would get on the field more is in nickel, especially with with Sean Lee and with Hitchens out. But I don't it hasn't happened. I don't disagree. Mm. I don't know. This hey, going back to your other question, they could have drafted Reuben Foster. Mm. That I'm I that's hindsight. That's the epitome of hindsight because you're basically pulling the plug on the Jalen Smith pick. Wasn't he later. injured as well? He had Coming some injury. He had some injury concerns, but like not nothing major. J- not on the Jalen Smith level. What about no, the, no, no? Yeah, but what about the UCLA guy, Jack? Yeah, what's he doing? He's doing. Thought he played pretty. Didn't he have he like had a pick six last week? Yeah, he's, he's doing. I thought he's played pretty well. What did he do last week? He had like a fifty-yard pick. That six was him. Or something like Miles crazy. Jack. I don't know if that. I know. I know they had two pick sixes. I don't know if Miles. He's Jack not was fifty. One. I heard the radio was call one that it was, that, the, it was the guy from Florida State. The Telvin. Telvin. Yeah. John. Damn it. Telvin Smith. Yeah. Which? Sorry. Yeah. Telvin Smith. Yeah. But he had like nine tackles. And who had the other pick six? Barry <laughs> Church. Church service, baby. Anyway. Okay. Miles babe. Jack is doing stuff, though. Would you rather see the Cowboys keep working with what they got right now, or would you want them to work on some kind of trade to bring some outside help? <sighs> what are they going to trade for? That I, you know, people want. Around this time of year, people always want to do these trades. And Adrian Peterson. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen, we we honestly have seen more player for player trades in you know this year and these recent years than most. Like you know Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett. But I don't. know. What are you giving up? And what one piece are you getting that is really going to dramatically push you over the top? And how much can that guy come in and contribute immediately? Right. People forget like when you've missed all the camp and all that and you're coming in in the middle of the season when the team already kind of has the things they like to do and they kind of are getting to know each other from the chemistry standpoint of what they do on the field, adding a different person to the mix, that's difficult. It's difficult yeah. for now, the person coming in, and it's difficult for the rest of the group to be able to adjust. And, you know, if, if, there's, right. you know, if there was a guard or something that you thought you could bring in at an affordable price, I'd at least listen to it. I'd think that's unrealistic. Now, something that kind of – perked my ears up a little bit not so much trying to add to this team but trying to gain your own assets giants don't have any receivers and the cowboys have some would you trade noah brown would i trade noah brown no yeah right i knew you weren't going there so who are you talking about would i trade terrence williams would i trade bryce butler if they were desperate enough to give me something good for him like what they don't have any offensive linemen so you're not going to get that guard no. oh no no i'm thinking tra- i'm thinking picks oh picks i got you if you they have a linebacker i don't know if you were willing to give me if you were willing to give me a third round pick for terrence williams oh. i'm not saying they would i'm not i didn't yeah. say they would <laughs> nick's like what i didn't say they would yeah. if you were willing to give me even up you take a fifth probably not I see would. and th- that's no. that's the not worth it for this year, and that's you know? the that's the annoying you know like we got to trade we got to trade and it's like okay sure I would give up a third round pick for Terrence or I would take a third round pick for Terrence Williams but they're not going to give you that and for all of his shortcomings Terrence Williams is more valuable to you than a fifth round pick and, for now and you got to yes. remember like go to baseball and in the trade deadline it's not the teams that are that have won thirty five games it's the teams that are fighting for a spot that make trade so at zero and five why would the Giants 
I mean, I'm signing Devin Street. Uh, that's yep. who I'm going to sign and bring in. He's off somewhere in the mountains. Well, the, you know. <laughs> they can get him. Yeah, I mean, he's over here if fishing. If you can get in touch with him. Yeah. Oh, I think. He's an outdoor yeah, I, I think if somebody wanted to pay you $500,000 a year to come do something, I think. You're accessible? I think, yeah, just all, suddenly your phone works. Like, oh, I got Wi-Fi here. I'm got to go. <laughs> I'm in the Himalayas, but I yeah. have Wi-Fi. You know, it, it takes it takes a perfect storm to create a trade like that. Like the Saints have a running. Alvin Kamara is killing it for them, so they have a running back surplus. Adrian Peterson doesn't fit the type of football they like to play anyway. The Cardinals are the worst running team in the league, and their starters out. It, and they have one of the best running backs, but he's hurt, right? Right. So they just so need time. They you, need somebody. You need all of those things to converge in order to create a trade like that. And I just, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out entirely, but. I'm, it's always a safe bet that a trade's not going to happen. Not to get too far into Arizona Cardinals talk, but do you know when David Johnson's going to be back? I'm, I want to say it was uh, like it was a while. Like if he can come back, like at maybe all, it's December like type December, thing. Yeah. Okay. So they they need they to help need a to game. be able to even be relevant by December. Yeah. They're going to get. They need to get somebody. Did you see the? Uh, like somebody, I always love when people dig back in people's tweets because, like, on opening night when Adrian Peterson got mad at Sean Payton. Chris Johnson tweeted, AP needs more touches. <laughs> and then he got cut for Adrian Peterson and tweeted LMAO, laughing my ass off. That's He's actually like, oh, the irony, yeah, that is pretty good. The I irony mean, is too much. Yeah. You can't help but laugh at that if you're, if yeah. you're it's funny. Chris Johnson. All right, Amber, we appreciate the game. It was a very, very good game. Would you rather? It, was it got to do that. We'll have to bring that up on another time. That's Are you sure one. it was over? <laughs> There was one last question, but we don't it's, have time. It's ten thirty-one. Oh damn it! We got. Actually, we're in. This is it for us for the week. For oh, me, Dave, and Amber. I didn't. Nick will be on tomorrow. We're gonna do a, a joint yes show. That. You're absolutely doing it though. We're gonna have a joint show it's tomorrow. Your boss. With, with uh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> just do it. Uh, it's gonna be Nick and Brian and Nate and Mickey on tomorrow. So that should be explosive and fun. Make sure you join those guys tomorrow for that. And then we'll all be back again. on Monday. <laughs> we'll all be back on Monday. And we'll have our normal shows at the normal times. Till then, we'll see you guys later. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,